People like People like games Welcome back to episode 47 of People Like Games. I'm Solo. And I'm Lilo. And you are listening to the best damn podcast in the gaming industry. Trademark, 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 trademark. Let's go, baby. Anyway, we're going to do it without much further ado. So if you're familiar, if you're not... It's time for... Hey, plug walk. That's right. It's plug walk time, and that should be self-evident. However, if it is not, that means it's time for the plugs. So you can find us over on Twitter at People Like Games is the handle. You can find Lilo over at, at Lilo PLG. I guess I handle the 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 social accounts so basically if you tweet at us i'll be handling that if you want to tweet at lilo personally uh feel free to uh at lilo plg you can uh find this mighty fine show you're listening to over on itunes google play and spotify where subscribe and leave a lot of love in the comment section five stars nothing below and you can also find us over on anchor soundcloud stitcher and basically everywhere podcasts are available minus title which will be corrected sometime in the near future but uh we will announce that when it is finalized rather than while it is speculative anywho now i'm going to kick it over to lilo for the talk. This is the table of contents, baby. We just want to give you a heads up in case you haven't listened to the show before of what you will be listening to. So first and foremost, we're going to be covering some game news and analysis that Sol and I wanted to put on for this last week. We call it our quick scope, and that's what we'll be covering. Just hot topics. It could vary few and far between game news, business news, but it all pertains to the thing that you love, and that's games in general. We got some personality segments coming at you today, and those will be Lilo's side quest and a solo rant. It's going to be actually kind of funny because introducing something new. I just wanted to remark on this article that we found, and it's going to be awesome. Pretty cool. Follow that up with a game spotlight. Okay, so I'm going to be doing a game spotlight this week. I do it every week because we love games. So and I try to find uh, new indie games that are upcoming or have already passed that you should have on your radar and you should try. And then wrapping it all, sorry, wrapping it all up with the uh, final lap. And what is the final lap? Well, that is where we do our discussions, our fun, and our random topics that we really just want to cover. Bullshit, shoot the shit, and let you know how we feel. Yeah, so. yeah. And so before we do jump into things, uh, we do want to announce that uh, we are closing in on half a century in episodes uh, as a show, and uh, we'll have a, a few announcements for you, a few new uh, segments that we're going to be introducing into the show uh and a whole a whole lot of new is coming to PLG. It has been announced plenty, but it will finally come to fruition. And uh, we think you might like it. But uh, Lilo, what's a, what are we getting into now? Yo, we are about to start our quick scope. <laughs> 
pew, pew, let's go, baby. All right, so we're going to start this off. What happened this past week that you might want to know about? Uh, Streamlabs, or rather screen capture, has happened on iOS and on Android. So you can now stream your fable favorite, I can't even speak, fable. favorite mobile games. Bad way to start this solo. Bad way to start this. It You're allowed to stream to your best of favorite. Us. And you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can stream all of your games and it's cool. So Streamlabs has come out with the app. You can go to the app. It's going to sort of link up with, I guess you'd say, your software. And there's going to be new icons on the iOS screen. There's going to be new icons on the Android screen. And when you're playing a game, you just enable streaming. You link it up with your favorite streaming account, whether that be on Twitch or other services that you want. And you go ahead. People will be able to watch what you're doing on your mobile phone. Sort of changes the game in terms of uh, streamers opening up the market a bit because, you know, at least we know in China, mobile market dominates all. And it's just exciting, exciting news. So anyone who's a fan who wants other people to see what they're doing, you now can show the world on your phone. I think that's pretty interesting because, you know, as we've spoken about on the show uh, at length, sort of the difference or breakdown in popularity of mobile gaming in Asia versus here in the West. And I think adding streaming components might end up making mobile gaming a bit more popular so say a streamer like ninja is on the go instead of having to wait to get to a computer with an entire setup he might be able to have two iphones one to stream one to you know <laughs> play his game i don't know if it's gonna work like that but I it might it. it's speculative it, but it, it opens up the door to mobile whatever the case does. is but now, speaking of doors opening, it looks like a few teams want in on the NBA 2K League, which is pretty interesting. You know, we weren't very bullish on the the league going in. Mm-hmm. Um, me in particular. Actually, no, NBA was the one. NBA and FIFA. Actually, no. I, I still stand by it. I'm not going to hedge my bet. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, All right. So it looks like four... Please elaborate uh, on what you're talking first, about. First and foremost, four monologue. new teams are going to be entering uh, to the league, uh, making it 21 overall. The new franchises will be the Atlanta Hawks, Brooklyn Nets, Los Angeles Lakers, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's pretty cool. Uh, the games go on in New York City. It's pretty popular. It's seen a growing, you know, viewership base. It's still small relative to what you see with, you know, the more popular games, the Counter-Strikes, the Overwatches, etc. But I guess those are sort of different comparisons at this point. Still young. Do you see the the money, though? Yeah. The price point is so different. <laughs> yeah, so extremely. Different. <laughs> so these four organizations had to pay the same fee as the uh, teams that entered in the first season. $750,000. That's a little different than the $10 million to buy into Overwatch and the $20 million to buy into... Uh, or maybe that's the reverse. Second season. So it's, it was $20 million and then it's 35. 30, now it's, it's 35 million. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you're going to see that, too. It's only going to go up. It might even hit a million dollars next year. So as you see... Oh, watch out! <laughs> the investment level is different. So, you know, the viewership number should be taken into... Uh, you know, perspective when, you know, being compared to shooters, I suppose. But anyway, I guess we'll see. Uh, you know, first season is wrapping up pretty popularly. Maybe it might mm-hmm. move forward 
I might have been wrong, but probably not. Anyway, who we'll knows? See. We'll find yeah. out. In terms of esports, is always just a good thing. The fact that NBA teams are interested means they're trying to they're trying to ride the wave, and that is esports is coming along. So, what better way to, to get into the business than by getting into the business that represents you? If you know what I'm saying, NBA 2K is about the NBA. So yeah. these people, they got it's pennies on the dollar for them. 750 grand they make in like one game off concession fucking fees, yeah. which is insane. So, uh, yeah, basically, more or less. Yeah. So it's just. It's an easy bet for them, and if it pans out, great. If it doesn't, it's like no money lost. Yeah, basically. So, I know. All right, I think um, speaking of doors opening, it's actually a good segue into this one. More doors are opening for another esports league, and actually for another region. That is the Rocket League Championship Series, or RLCS, has added the South America region to the other regions already in play for the Rocket League Championship series and that is the other leagues are well other regions rather are north america europe and oceana and so they're going to add south america next year in 2019 but it's just um an ever-present way or an ever evident way of you seeing esports growing psionics thinks that uh south america is very up and coming and that they are the next big region that they want to support and there's a Big bunch of money. players apparently. Yeah, I mean a bunch of players already there. They started hosting some tournaments down there, and they know. I think they're doing something nice for the fans, for those people who always wanted to be part of the championship league in those countries. Just now they have the opportunity. It's crazy. It's crazy to me that they have an Oceania league, or rather region, before they had a South America region, and. In my mind, normally Oceana, I don't know if you follow this, but like Fortnite doesn't have an Oceana thing. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of people trying to get that. But, but Rocket League, it, it's just. I don't uh, know. That, that, I mean, it, it does strike me as ridiculous. It's the same thing that uh, I think we talked about a couple of months back. Maybe it was a couple of weeks back. I, time's a flat circle at this point. But <laughs> <laughs> um, having uh, the E League expand into South America as well. For Counter Strike, which you know, right, these are right, sort right. of obvious. I think South America is a huge presence in esports amongst professional players uh, in all mm-hmm. games, um, and they should be moving into South America sooner. And the same way we were talking about with the Overwatch League teams, there's sort of surprise that they don't add a Brazilian team as well. South America exists, people. So does Africa. <laughs> but, true, 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 true. But um, I'm sure a few of you have ever had the opportunity to find them on the map. <laughs> anyway, now moving on to Terrible. one of my favorite stories. Actually, it's one of those stories that makes me think that one of the things I could have been wrong on is not betting on Microsoft because I do like their CEO, Sadia Nadella. But regardless, the Halo remastered trailer for the Xbox One X was released. It looks pretty beautiful, especially considering the game was released in 2000. And I hope they sort of updated part of the gameplay because as someone who was playing Kingdom Hearts 1.5 HD Remix, which one, the fuck's the point of the naming convention? And two, (laughs) uh, it is sort of annoying to have to play with some of the same issues that plagued the game when it was released. And if you're going to update the graphics and you could fine tune maybe a little bit 
of the things that went wrong, like they did with, say, Wind Waker HD, where they, you know, decreased the number of shards you had to find for, you know, the thing. They, they basically fine-tuned the game before they released an HD. Uh, let's see it uh, with Halo, which probably there's not going to be an issue because there was no problems with Halo. I hope they do have online for all of them. Dude, they do. Yeah, no, it's the Master Chief Collection, by the way. Just to clarify yes. for those who are listening, it's not just Halo Original or Halo. What is it? Combat Evolved. Yeah. It's the Master Chief Collection, and what I was making fun of <laughs> to Solo about is just, it's like taking your favorite things and rebranding them all over again, over and over. How many times can you remake the yep. same fucking thing? It's <laughs> they're just doing it over. It does look fucking gorgeous. It does, and you're gonna have multiplayer in all four games that they have. It's just it's esports season. Halo's making a comeback. Halo Six, if they do it right, is going to be monstrous. Dude, Halo, what is it? Legendary? What do we call it? Or what? What was it called? Fuck. I don't know. We're our good Halo fans. We forget. Oh god. But yeah, Uh, they're just trying to get that name out there. IP. Refresh. 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 It's funny. I I was talking about the combat system. This is going to be a quick uh, side note, but uh, the way that in Halo. It's a perfect shooting system because you could get shot at, but you're not going to die immediately. You have the ability to get into a gun battle. That's what mm-hmm. Call of Duty is doing with their new Black Ops by adding shields. And that's because they realized that their current system of you get shot like twice and die is not going to be viable for spectating. It's sort of annoying to watch people just continually just spazzing die. Instantly die. die. You know, exactly. I, I try Instant. watching my brother play and I'm like spaz, 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 spaz. And it's, everyone plays like that. It's not, yes. Yeah. So, uh, Halo making a comeback, mark my words. So, Xbox, you better take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. I think they will. I think, I mean, Halo is the xbox staple man it's a console seller we're, yeah. we know we're gonna buy xbox scarlet when that shit comes out because it's gonna launch with the next halo and we're like ugh, we gotta get it yeah we true. gotta do it's it true. I, I, i'm not gonna lie i, I can hate on xbox so i'm gonna buy the next one yeah yeah oh man all right well i'm happy Halo's coming out and uh that's some uh, old news i guess you'd say but what else is old news that was a weak ass linkage between articles but um it's a very unexciting piece of news so yeah it's just let's go with corporations and businesses making smart moves what is a smart move i'm talking about guess what your favorite streaming website twitch has teamed up with your favorite gaming company epic games for fortnite tournament series okay there's a tournament series it's going to be hosted on twitch rivals it's going to feature all your favorite personalities including the person you've never heard of before ninja just kidding you fucking have because everyone has um twitch is going to be hosting two million fortnite series and it's going to be four tournaments taking place over the next two weeks two in north america and two in europe the event is part of epic games eight million dollar summer skirmish series which kicked off this past july Uh, honestly i mean with the tournament coming up this next week you can just check it out go on twitch rivals channel on the twitch app on your phone or on the interwebs on your pc and you'll be able to find more details about when the actual tournament is taking place in north america when the follow-up tournament is going to take place and blah, blah 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 still i think Needless to say, Twitch is making smart moves by teaming up with the hottest game that is fucking streaming right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, it's a little less than surprising. I do think my only opinion on Fortnite at this point is it's peaked 
and it's sort of starting a slow leveraging of its peak usership and hopefully so, it can plateau and it doesn't peak and fall yes you know it's not yes. a mountain and peak and fall but they want to plateau the, that the shit plateau, forever. the whether it'll fall or whether it'll plateau is going to be probably a function of whether whether what's it called you okay there? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to tongue? think. I'm trying to think about this one. <laughs> I, was just, I was just trying to read some of my notes here, and I, I just I, I mislabeled something. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, whether they're going to be another game that is going to be able to take the place of uh, Fortnite, not even in popularity, but just in terms of, I don't know. I, nothing can be Fortnite. Fortnite was a cultural, social moment in and of itself that's that's big i don't think people can really replicate that i don't think that thing is replicable but it'll happen again it'll happen organically or something else it always we'll does see. yeah i agree it always does but anyway uh now on to one of my personal 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 favorite topics legal semantics and <laughs> lawsuits legalese legalese yeah. but in this case it is more interesting because it has to do with uh, a, a, a lesser-known game. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Online uh, had recently, or rather, to give you you know the story from the beginning, Rockstar had filed, uh, or not rather, not even Rockstar, Take-Two, which is a parent company of Rockstar because semantics, and you got to respect the semantics if you're explaining the semantics. So... Take-Two filed an injunction against a uh, mod creator um, from Georgia whose name is David Zipper that uh, prevented him from selling his mods online. So basically in the game, he was able to create this mod that was able to uh, basically spawn weapons and cars in the game. And Take-Two filed the injunction claiming that uh, the mods were actually causing them to lose revenue and that they lost almost $500,000 from real money purchases because obviously if you play Grand Theft Auto, you cheat. That's the, that's the <laughs> basis of Grand Theft Auto. I, I, it, yes, you can play the game straight, but sometimes you just sort of throw some cheats in. So apparently if you do it in-game, it doesn't matter. But if you do it online, it's going to cost some money because that's how they make money. And how else mm -hmm. are you going to become the single most valuable piece of property? Entertainment. Entertainment property in history. Uh, little note, the Grand Theft Auto V in and of itself has garnered almost six billion dollars so let's put five hundred thousand dollars into perspective when talking about this so anyway i think it's interesting because it is now a growing set of precedents in gaming and the courts where the gaming companies for like for example twitch had filed an injunction against the creators of twitch bots that was a story we had covered a couple of months ago as well and uh steam had basically cut off access to their numbers killing steam spy so a lot of these companies are able to do some of these moves because of obviously their lawyers and their positions I think it's a little ridiculous. I think they're getting further advantage in a place where there's not really any sort of regulation or sort of monitoring. But, you know, 
I think as it becomes, or as the industry becomes more mainstream, that might come naturally as a result, but you never know. Anyway. And just to interject, it's like, highlight, big business sues little business (laughs) over property. (laughs) That's it. And you're just like, oh, shit. Well, obviously, they're trying to make Make, their money. (laughs) McDonald's sues local mom and pop shop for selling french fries. Right? You're like, oh, fucking, okay. Wow, what assholes. But whatever. All right. uh, Let's switch over to the competitor of these big, big forms of entertainment and these big companies. Um, When I say competitor, I mean, really, strictly speaking, Fortnite, in that it's the biggest online game right now. Uh, PUBG is making some headlines this past week, and we wanted to give you the update on that. PUBG Mobile has officially hit 1 million downloads, which is actually kind of a huge number if you think about it granted i think that's worldwide so maybe not so much when there's a billion people in china and i'm surprised that more people don't play but what is amazing is that battle the battle royales mobile version actually reaches 14 million daily active users and that means 14 million people every day log into their PUBG app and their servers pick that up so of that 100 million downloads 14% of them are currently playing, which is to me a high number of individuals who own a game and are playing it. Um, in case you're wondering about the numbers, like Fortnite Mobile made like, I forgot how much it was, 300 mil or something like that in a month, something crazy, or Fortnite in general made 300 mil in a month. PUBG Mobile has only made 30 million as of the end of July, and that's since release, but they have a current concurrent high number of daily active users, and that's just big news. So want to let you know that in case you're wondering what the competitive Fortnite is, it came and went in PUBG, but she's still hanging around because of the mobile market. <laughs> so, still there. That's still funny. there. I'm, I'm actually going to say that, you know, PUBG's mobile popularity doesn't surprise me. There's still a market that finds Fortnite a bit too kiddish or want to be purist or whatever the case True. is. Um, True. So there, there's a market that's still big. But anyway, I'm actually going to hold on to uh, the topic of PUBG, but move on to our next story uh, and cover a little uh, PUBG and Faceit partnership. Uh, The partnership is set out to create online competitive leagues uh, that will basically see Faceit offer progression systems for leagues to establish clear paths for um, amateur competition to professional uh, play. It's something you've seen with Overwatch that they sort of launched uh, in the lead up to the inaugural Overwatch season with the contenders and the sort of methods to be able to enter. I mm-hmm. think it's uh, it's interesting because that is a major part of, well, you know, when everyone talks about these video games and esports, there is sort of an ecosystem that's sort of being created around it that needs to be fleshed out. And these are examples where you'll end up have, having <clears throat> new companies created that will end up monitoring online competitions for accuracy and fairness and refereeing whatever the case is mm-hmm. and you know so there's a lot of these things that are building right now and the pipeline from amateur pro is one of the most curious ones because how do you yeah you know like i don't know it's a good point yeah it's a very good point i didn't so, think about that so you know that'll be things that we uh, cover on the show uh, coming down the line as well um, as we delve a little bit more formally into esports whereas we've just sort of covered it uh, through the lens of news but anyway uh, that's about all I have to add on to that Uh, we're going to cover that more in length in the future 
Sounds good. All right, uh, let's roll over to our next topic, and it is a, uh, I guess, a depiction of the video game market and what it can do and what can happen. And so you'll hear these stories of sort of these one-and-done enterprises, artists who release songs and they're one-and-done. Well, there are studios that can release video games and it's like one-and-done. Reaches peak hype and then it dies off. This game you might have heard of, it's called Realm Royale. Apparently, according to an article written from thegameindustry.biz by Hayden Taylor, Realm Royale has lost 97% of its player base in two months since its release, which is insane. Um, the peak concurrent player base was $105,000, which was after early access, and Realm Royale is actually created by those guys over at High res Studios, which we covered last week. And High res Studios just split into three separate studios, so each one of the High res Studios subsidiaries is taking over a game that they're trying to do. It's Paladins, it's Realm Royale, and then I forgot the third one. But doesn't really matter because, unfortunately, right now, High Res uh, High Studios Realm Royale is not doing the greatest. Apparently, uh, <laughs> they only have four four hundred. Uh, sorry, four thousand five hundred concurrent players following its six-figure peak two months ago, and. The, the thing about it, though, that you know and that you notice is that when there is Twitch tournaments and Twitch personalities are playing Realm Royale, their numbers go up, but it's yeah, it's yeah, highly um, subjective and fluctuates. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to add that where it's, it's peak from which this, num- this article is probably getting its uh, headline is the fact that it peaked at like 120,000 players after Ninja ended up sort of spotlighting it in a stream when he was speaking. But at at the same time, one last point on that, uh, similar to H1Z1, which saw also a 90% decline, uh, Realm Royale is due out on console, and I think that is something that might fare a little bit better on console. I think if they brought it over to Switch, I think that would be something like you know, we were just talking about Paladins uh, be, mm-hmm. being an enjoyable play where you don't... It is, on Switch, you, for yeah, sure. You don't, you don't have those sorts of games on Switch, uh, and so it's nice to have an option. I wouldn't play Paladins on PC as a first option. i play a first option as a Switch game. So it's interesting yeah. what happens. Speaking of, uh, A Hat in Time coming out on Switch, uh, I guessed it on Twitter, so... Give my props. <laughs> it said announcement on the 20th. I was like, okay, you're coming to Switch. What other natural progression does a game have? But it's a pretty yeah. cool game. We'll spotlight it after I play it, and it'll be a mod spotlight because I'm going to steal it. But anyway, moving on to uh, our next story and moving towards the end of uh, Quick Scope. Um, the University of Akron is going to be phasing out 80 degree programs, about 20% of what it offers, to save money for the future. Uh, in addition, it is uh, cutting uh, these programs in order to launch a esports and video games facility. Uh, there's going to be five inaugural teams uh, that will compete. It'll be Overwatch, League of Legends, Hearthstone, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, and Rocket League. Uh, and it's pretty interesting to see that gaming is now moving into here, where, you know, the, some of the programs they got rid of are, like, anthropology, which, don't get me wrong, it's very important, but do you have a local library? 
you are an anthropologist. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Go read books. You're an anthropologist. You want to be a sociologist? Do you have a local library or bookstore? Boom. You're a sociologist or an anthropologist. <laughs> That's not the same. Basically. What are you talking about? That's just the same. bullshit. But the more interestingly oh, no, to not. me um, it is the fact that uh, a man, Special someone? the king, James, LeBron James, uh, recently <laughs> launched the I Promise School, uh, which was his... Uh, non-for-profit school which basically free tuition gets free bikes to all the kids gets free uh meals free food for, for families and, lunch, and free like, transportation and like for families too uh, yeah um, and more free tutoring free free therapists free, free every, everything free everything basically and if you graduate uh the program uh you automatically qualify for a fully paid uh, scholarship to the university of akron so it's, uh, expect to see the LeBron James esports facility very soon. <laughs> I guarantee it. Like right now, today, you're hearing this. I would, I would take that. I'd take that back because it'd be fucking funny as hell if you saw LeBron James and like his sponsorship watch, towards esports. Watch, watch, It's coming. It's coming in. It's coming in. But I uh, think it's smart. That shit uh, is incredible. Like the, the what University of Akron is doing, and it's very smart in the fact that. They understand that there's not a lot of degrees that get notice at their university. So they're going to save some money and they're pushing towards the new frontier. They're one of a few colleges that are going to offer those types of scholarships and services. And I think the biggest thing that I took from this article that we read is that they're trying to make, well, they are going to make the biggest esports hub in college, in colleges across the nation to date, right? It's not going to be the biggest one ever, but it's going to be the biggest one to date. So in, at a University of Akron in Ohio, you're gonna have an esports fucking setup with like some of the crazy shit that I saw at BlizzCon and stuff like that. So uh, you're gonna have like all these monitors and all these ten, you know, 1080s, I'm sure, on these computers where kids can just play games because they have all these licenses. It's fucking crazy. It's a great practice, but you know what else is a great practice? This next thing I'm gonna talk about, which I'm genuinely excited about, and that's the fact that EA, Unity, Epic, and other big game companies have teamed up oh, under the HDR awesome. Gaming Interest Group. Yeah, Yo, you like that yeah, shit, right? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty yeah, good. Yeah. He's so was even confused, like, what is he talking about? Oh, shit, I see what he's doing. Uh, so I'm talking about the HDR Gaming Interest Group. Those big companies I just named are all joining together, plus, I think, 20 other companies, to streamline high dynamic range standards across game development as a whole. What does that mean? High dynamic range is a feature that comes on some monitors and televisions is actually kind of an expensive feature right now, but it allows for really good contrast. And what's contrast is the difference between black and white. It's having super high definition, high contrast, and making your blacks super black, your whites super white, but that helps when you're framing a, a story, you're framing a film, you're framing a show, you can outline certain things because the color, color comes through more crisply and clearly. And long story short, apparently there's different ways in which companies manage their contrast. And I don't know, if you ever played a game on the PC or on the Xbox or PlayStation, you'll see, hey, can you adjust the contrast on your screen until this symbol is visible and this symbol isn't? Well, all these companies are promoting standard practices or trying to promote standard practices so that we as gamers reap the benefits of beautiful crisp games and i think that's incredible 
Is that the entirety of it? No, but I think it's great to have standard practices across the industry. I think it's great not necessarily to limit um, sort of um, ingenuity and stuff like that and creativity, but to make a standard that everyone should adhere to so that we as a consumer get the best benefit, really. I think I think we will in this case. So, Solo, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but this shit is pretty sweet. And, no, uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm pretty aware. Standards are important. But, 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 I think standards uh, are important. What's most important to me throughout that story is how the industry came together and made a decision and then announced it because that is a concept which uh, I will touch on uh, in my rant. And uh, I was, <laughs> I'll expand on it then. But uh, now, to close up the quick scope. Echo, and now to close up the quick scope, we have a little uh, curiosity here. Valve is launching uh, Steam.tv, which is going to be a sort of self-evident in its name, broadcasting hub. And it's curious because just as Discord is going and transforming itself into a games market, going and becoming a direct competitor with Steam. We're seeing Steam move in a different direction and instead of adding audio, move towards content. So I suppose it feels like it can compete with Twitch in that sense. Mm -hmm. Not gonna happen. I think that Valve is sort of overplaying their hand at this point. I don't see much of a need for something like this. it, 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 options it, baby it's a live streaming Capitalism. service it's sort of like you know do you watch instagram tv no who watches instagram tv no one does it's just not a it exists but it's like dude i, I think some people do instagram's fucking huge like no, instagram stories there is are a huge, market. But instagram, the thing is the the thing is you can either split yourself so basically to to it's going to be big because it's going to be launching through showing the Dota 2 uh, International, uh, which if you're not familiar with, uh, I'm sure we'll try to eventually cover. But, uh, you know, having that in and of itself doesn't really make sense to me because you would be able to be better off starting to try to license your content out for money instead of being like, oh, we're going to do the viewership. Be like, no, well, now you pay me for the rights to be able to use CSGO. You know, there, boom, there's your new revenue stream. Sort of like Netflix's stupid idea to choose to try to, no, we're going to get into Commercials. Yeah, but instead of doing VODs, because why, why, wouldn't you pay $5 to go rent Infinity War on Netflix instead of having to have cable and rent it through there? Yeah, so I would rather pay them more money per month than to have to sit through their 90% shitty offerings in original programming, Mr. You, the lesson in Netflix will, 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 will follow us to the rent, which is that eventually the, the company that was different that ate all the other ones then became the same as the one that ate all the other ones. So, <laughs> yeah, always. It, it became what it ate. It you are what you eat, baby. You, know, you are what you, you eat. You either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Maybe some yeah. of the Netflix uh, executives should watch Dark Knight, which they can find on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. I guess that's it. Um, Yo, we did it. We did it. We did it. We made we made it. A qu- we're trying to streamline that baby. So, 
Anyway, um, what else do we have here on the board? All right. Uh, so after Quickscope, I found an article for Quickscope that I actually want to just talk to you more about because I think it's important. And so we're dubbing this Lilo side quest, baby. It's going to be my soliloquy. Uh, if you don't know what a soliloquy is, by the way, because I call it a side quest soliloquy. Um, then read a book. It's just me. Yeah, read a book. If you don't know how to spell Specific- it, I'm sorry. Specifically Try to figure a dictionary. It out. <laughs> Specifically a dictionary. Soliloquy. It's got a Q in there somewhere. All right. So uh, what is so important that I need to talk to you about? Well, it's off of an article we got off the Esports Observer. It's their series that they dub entry-level esports. And actually, it's kind of cool because it gives you the high-level overview that I think everyone should learn or should read about if you have an interest in esports. This one is important because it covers something that we said we would touch on just two seconds ago, and that's Dota's The International. Specifically, this article references why the prize pool for Dota 2's International is so big. And if you don't know, prize pool right now for The International, which is an eSports tournament, or rather a Dota tournament that they host every year for the championships, is $25 million, okay? $25 million. That number probably doesn't sound like much, and I would say, it doesn't sound like much because you heard about maybe from us that Fortnite was investing 100 mil for the tournaments over the year and then shit like that. Well, Fortnite was investing that much money over the year, over the multitude of tournaments. So that the coverage um, at Twitch teaming up with Fortnite for their tournament, yeah, that's 2 million out of that 100 million. They have multiple tournaments throughout the year. Dota is literally giving away $25 million to those 18, te- 18 teams in one fucking go so what's important about this prize pool and why do we care where do they get that money right uh valve always invests the same amount of money every year into the internationals prize pool how much money is that that's 1.6 million dollars they only invest 1.6 million dollars and they've been doing it since 2011 when the international began the same amount of money was invested every year but year over year the money kept growing in the pot how the fuck does it do that? It went up from, what am I saying? What am I saying? It went up, let me get these numbers for you, from 10 million initially to 18 million to two, uh, 20 million in 2015 to 24 million in 2016 and 2017. Why is that important? Why does it keep going up? It's crazy because it's actually the community that's putting the money into this international. Valve takes the money they make, 25% of the money they make off of the battle passes for Dota and directly invest them back into the community. And that's something that I think Fortnite is going to definitely hop on, especially if money's running tight or if the user base starts going down, they're gonna be like, hey users, you're the ones that are funding this tournament. You're the ones that can help make these players' lives better. And people like being altruistic. They like investing money. Valve has only, I'm just saying, like, Valve has only invested 1.6 million and now it's at 26 million and we're not even close to the international yet. How insane is that? Uh, um, the battle passes, sorry, I just want to give them the numbers go, real go, quick go. and then let's go. Uh, the battle passes are $10 for the season. And 
What's a battle pass? In case you don't know, just like in Fortnite, it gives you objectives, gives you incentives to play the game. They give you cool skins. They give you bonus items for in-game. They give you fun things to do, but it doesn't affect the gameplay. It's just cosmetic, okay? You can also buy different parts of the battle pass. So you can invest in a level 75 battle pass for $37, meaning out of the 100 levels you can get in any given season, you could jump up to level 76 immediately. Sort of the same way if you buy the WoW expansion pack right now, you'll already be level 100, okay? You'll have all that built in. And this is how they get people. If you want boosts, you can buy a five level boost for 250, 11 level boost for $5, or 25 level boost for 10 bucks. You're getting kids to get excited about the perks that you're giving away. You can charge them 10 bucks a month to do so. But what's cool is that out of that 10 bucks that you charge them, 250 of that is going directly back to the players who are going to be playing in this tournament. And it seems like the fan base has just been spending fucking money year over year. And right now we're at 26 mil. So it's the highest it's ever been. 47% of that goes to first place, place players. And the cool thing about the international tournament is that every team is going to get money. So as long as you make the tournament, you make some money. But going from 200K for the first year, the 2011 international tournament where the players made 200 grand for winning to last year making 2 million a pop for the winning team is just crazy to me. Crazy. In six years, the players' base went up so much. Um, obviously, no good thing goes unpunished. There was an article produced by the Kotaku talking about uh, how it's actually bad for esports and how everyone just wants to play for this one tournament, so every other Dota tournament gets subjected to hate and no one really cares about it. All these players are just not loyal because they want to be on a team that's going to get them in the tournament to give them the money. I it's just it. it's crazy. But I, I think I Fortnite already learned the lesson from that by announcing a large number, like 100 million, and then trying to spread it out. However, we'll see if it actually applies it appropriately. It is an interesting it is interesting it is wild it is always been dude that's curious. a community funded it's yeah. a community funded event which is what makes it so so much hype and it's gonna have the most yeah. views out of any esports which right is now funny. So you know what I mean 1.6 million dollars is all they had to put in to get to a 26 million dollar pot so isn't that crazy <laughs> oh my god I don't get it I do not get it but it just still speaks to the fact that people are desperate for a new MOBA or uh, RTS game Oh, whoa, 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 I don't think they're desperate. I think it, it speaks to they're entertained. They like what they're doing. They're they're paying mm -hmm. for the battle they'll pass paying, of that one game. They'll keep for the one thing until they get a new thing that they want more. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's how life is, but this is cool. It is cool. It is wild, and I still have never played Dota 2. You fucker. You gotta try it. I know. Try it. I'll get there eventually. Anyway, what else you got? Is that it? That's it. That's it. So what now, you got? Now, Are now, we going on to our... Now it's, now it's time for a little bit of... Hadouken! Oh, yes. Hadouken! I don't really have a sound clip, so I'm just going to hit the Hadouken button. A solo <laughs> rant, because a big PLG and solo exclusive double barrel metal finger over to Amazon uh, for ending its two-year-old video game pre-order program. Uh, it's actually officially going to be ending on the 28th, so I'm going to go just pre-order all the games I can. But the fact is that they are going to be replacing it with a $10 credit uh, with the pre-order, and that's only for select titles. What's really annoying to me is that uh, in the same you know time period, two years, 
the Prime membership cost has not gone down. So I was not, I was paying $100 two years ago. So am I paying $100 again? No, I'm now paying $120. So now they're taking away services while increasing their price. How very surprising. The other day I saw a book on Amazon that I could buy for the same price as the bookstore. Welcome, welcome to the new world. So, oh wait, <laughs> or you could just go to the Amazon bookstore. But anyway. Hey, you get it, you get it now. I would never. But regardless, uh, it is a little disappointing. And the reason it's so goddamn frustrating to me, and the reason I wanted to bring this into a rant, and the reason I had brought up the fact that companies work together is that it is shockingly fucking coincidental that Best Buy recently shut down a similar 20% discount program and yep, yep. GameStop ended Preach. their Gamers Club program or their own Preach. version. And now suddenly Amazon's like, well, fuck it. We drove everyone out of business using this method. Now we don't have to offer it anymore because fuck you. And that's literally what happened. You literally got to fuck you. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to drive out GameStop and Best Buy. And then you know what you're going to get? Amazon Video Game Store. <laughs> and that's how it fucking works. This is literally it's how true. monopolies work. Amazon, like you can say that Facebook and Google have a difficult time being labeled a monopoly because of the way internet works. You can make the argument just because of how it works that they are. But regardless, as a physical monopoly, Amazon is it, and they're only making it worse. And moves like this are the worst. But that's not all, because if you happen to be a gamer and happen to use your Amazon Prime account to get a Twitch, uh, what is it, Twitch Prime? Twitch Prime. Twitch Prime subscription Twitch Prime. on yeah. Twitch uh, and were able to get ad-free viewing. Now you don't. Uh, you get it for the one uh, streamer that you're subscribed to and yeah. then you'll get ads if they do, you know, you know, if the streamer doesn't have it enabled that they turn it off. So... Unless you play nine dollars a month for for <laughs> Twitch Turbo, and that, that is so funny to me how these businesses work, where they sort of lure you nickel in, and dime, baby. nickel and diamond, nickel and diamond, after luring you in with the with the cheaper price. You know, at least credit to Amazon. Actually, no, I, I was going to say Netflix for doing that, but then lo and behold, in the same week that I could have been like credit to Netflix, they're out here being like Yo, shacking up the prices you remember that time we said you'll never have to deal with trailer you'll never have to deal with commercials again what if we gave you our commercial <laughs> fuck you Netflix like yeah. I literally pay money to not have ads so if you know I don't have Hulu Plus because I know that even when I pay money for your shit to not have ads it's like oh due to content rights we have to stream an ad beforehand well it's like well then why the fuck are you Why charging? Exactly. <laughs> like, that is a blank promise. And so these are things that are not policed because or regulated or in anything sort of viewed, you know, with, with, with Dude, uh, it's fluid. It's structure. It it's not even fluid and structure. It. It's just that it, it's new. And the people who understand how it works aren't in positions to be able to create systems that would help structure it the user okay yeah all right i will say the one thing about the amazon rant that you forgot to mention is that yes they're taking away the 20 percent discount they give you a 10 dollar credit i know you, you know who else there you go there you, you go. know who else did that best buy best buy Lo and behold. <laughs> yeah. so you know what that seems to me a lot like collusion 
or just Probably. just just or collusion or a dickish move or Amazon's like, oh, we don't gotta do it anymore. What are you doing over there? Ten dollar credit. All right, we'll do that too. Remember how Best Buy does price match, and that's how they got big. Yeah. Any store you have it, like we'll price match the shit. Well, Amazon's doing it in reverse to beat them at their own game. Oh, they'll give you ten bucks. We'll only give you ten bucks. Why would we? That's taking eighteen percent off the top for utter, them. If you know what I mean. Utter that's eighteen percent off Monopoly the top. tactics. Normally, I'd love it and be hitting you with the Mario coin Bezos because get that money. <laughs> We're about that. But simultaneously, now where am I going to get 20% off on pre-orders? I'm a little peeved. I'm not going to lie. That's about it. We're going back to 60, man. Yeah, when we were kids growing up, it was always 60 anyway. So we got spoiled with it only yeah, being 48. Yeah, I want to be spoiled and now because it... now they know that they'll sell <laughs> enough games that they don't have to discount them anymore. That's true. Because the games are popular right. enough to sell themselves. But anyway, uh, we are actually introducing a, uh, a, little, a little new blip here. Um coming up after the commercial break a little bit of a uh, Lilo's game spotlight and then for the final lap what are we going to be covering uh we will be covering gamescom baby gamescom was is and always will be something for gamers i guess that's all i'm going to say and we'll cover more of that later buy uniqlo slippers And welcome back from our first scheduled break. This is our Game Spotlight. It's really Lilo's Game Spotlight, so fuck Solo, but just Lilo. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we, hey. we just we just went over the script and Lilo can't stick to the script. I gave him the perfect way yeah. to introduce it. Nope. Nope. Can't nope. do it. Nope. Gotta, nope. Do it. Gotta do it. It's my segment. I can do what I want, right? So You can dance if you right, want to. this Game Spotlight. You can yeah, leave right? your friends behind. Because if your friends, if friends don't, don't dance, dance. Then it's, they don't dance. <laughs> Shout out to no, Scrubs. Still one of the greatest shows of all time. It is. It is fantastic. All right. Now, in this game, Spotlight, I'm going to be covering a game that's been in development since 2015. Has its principal members that spent time on games like The Old Republic and BioWare's canceled Shadow Realms. It's something that you should be on the lookout for because it just got released at something we're going to cover in the final lap, Gamescom. It is called Breach, and it's in development by QC Games. So Breach is a game that just released its first trailer. It's a game company. It's based out of Austin, Texas. And if you're wondering what it is, it is a third-person action RPG that combines elements between Diablo, Guild Wars, and Monster Hunter. Okay. I've played all three of those games. I don't know if you have, but if you understand the dynamics between the three, you'll understand... Diablo, Dungeon Crawler. Guild Wars 2, it's a MOBA. Or MMO, I'm sorry. Monster Hunter, it's that strategy team group, four players, that you fight fucking monsters together, and you do that shit. Well, this game combines all three elements of those things. Uh, the gameplay features 15-minute multiplayer dungeon crawlers, where dungeon crawling action, I should say, where four players choose their classes and complete missions to kill mythical creatures, really. And it's just like I said, it's the elements of Monster Hunter combined with, you know, um, Diablo and all that stuff. But the the twist on this would be that there is a fifth player that's involved in the game. And this fifth player is called the Veil Demon. OK, this Veil Demon is the dungeon deity where they can lay traps, set obstacles and personally possess monsters. These monsters can then go on to 
fuck up the party members. So you can ruin someone's day. You're essentially the dungeon master, and this dungeon master, is their goal as the bail demon is to stop the team from completing its mission. You can play this game solo, or you can play with up to four people, like I said. You can also play with friends, with five people, and then one person just has to be this veil demon type character. Um, the thing that this company, QC, is trying to tout is that there's gonna be multiple classes that are highly customized. In fact, there's like strange classes you've never seen in a MOBA, not in a MOBA per se, but uh, you haven't seen in, uh, I guess you'd say Monster Hunters or other, other games like that altogether you have like a what is it a high slashing flying type ninja guide and character where they have daggers and they go flying around the map and like they just crush everything in high speed flurry but then there's also necromancers and then there's also these people that can manipulate time and there's also these people that are tanks and snipers and all that stuff so you're like got a weird medley of characters per se but they can be highly customized and you can change characters in and out real time, which means each level has ever-changing gameplay tactics, right? It's currently an alpha stage, okay? And what they're doing is they're actually doing a technical alpha coming out this next month, very, very soon. You can go on their website called playbreach.com and it allows you to register an account. They'll potentially give you an alpha key, and if you're one of the lucky ones, you're able to go through and test it out for them because this game is out for early access on Steam later this fall, okay? So they're expecting it before the end of the year, and then it's supposed to be coming out next year as a free-to-play game, um, I think, probably, I would say, Q2 or Q3 next year. So what's really cool about this game is just that the art style is special i guess you'd say no nah, it's not really special our style is refined it's a free-to-play game which is going to be huge in this market i guess you'd say it combines some weird disco art style elements with like just classic monster hunter elements and other things of that nature it's it's very it's very hip and futuristic while also retaining those strange old archaic monster vibes that you'd say um there are going to be more details coming out as game GamesCon continues to go, uh, continues underway, I guess you'd say. And so be on the lookout for more details. But playbreach.com, sign up for the alpha. If you enjoy Monster Hunter, if you enjoy Guild Wars, if you enjoy Diablo, and if you enjoy the Dark Souls aspect of people coming in and fucking your day up, then you're going to love this game because you can play with your friends. Everyone can play with it. It's only been PC thus far. Going to be free to play. Please check it out. All right, QC Games, Austin, Texas, great food. Visit. It's going to be wonderful. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got for Le Game Spotlight. And more details coming. That's pretty much all I got, but it looks pretty dope. In the near future, we're hoping to uh, formalize a scenario where we'll be able to uh, interview members of teams where we end up spotlighting here. We mention it often, but... Uh, it, it'll be coming. It'll be coming. Leo's on on the move next week, and so he may may not be joining us for uh, next week's episode. It's speculative at this point, subject to the gods of I don't know Comcast or whatever internet spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I would have said. It's like whether or not they fuck up and show up on time, and they can provide me internet. If not, sorry, you're gonna be running so going dolo, baby. But now. It is time. You've stuck with us this long. It's time. 
end it with that final lap. And for the final yeah, lap, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chia Chia, we're going to be covering the Gamescom uh, event from the past week. So, uh, Lilo, do you want you want to take the lead here, uh, just to explain sure. what is Gamescom to our viewers, and then I'll uh, jump into what I was interested in because what I'm interested in is very interesting to me, and I like to hear myself talk about it. <laughs> Wow. And, and the listeners wow, that's might really too. descriptive and, and succinct. <laughs> What's interesting to me is interesting to me. Yes, no, indeed. Yeah, I like it. It made sense to me, though. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, what's awesome about these particular weeks is that, A, there's a shit ton of news that Solon and I can cover, but B, like Gamescom is... Just like any other festival for games, it's a digital platform that allows you... Not a digital platform. It's a... Showcase. Get-together of... Showcase, yes, a showcase of all of those digital games and the digital medium and everything that's happening in this world that uh, relates to video games and that market. And it's just exciting because so many new things come out of it. It's been run for 10 years, okay? And it serves as a central platform for the European computer. I'm putting in air quotes that you can't see, but it's this is a direct quote, okay? It's a central platform for the European computer and video game industry. And this is directly from the Gamescom website, so just this is, hear me out. This show brings together the retail, trade, and the media, providing the ideal setting for the establishment and cultivation of business relationships. The division into business area and entertainment area stands for a concept which will attract and appeal to industry and private visitors equally. Long story short, it's for the business side and for the hardware as much as it is for the games. Um, overview, though, of Gamescom, it's in the name. It's about video games, okay? It's about all those aspects that go into video games, and more so than E3, which showcases games and studios developing those games, this showcases the actual hardware as well, and we will get into that. Um, the different, I guess you'd say, the different product segments that were available or are available for this next week of Gamescom are the hardware segment, software segment, merchandising segment, care, cleaning, and repair, all one segment, telecommunications and internet, media, Basic and advanced training, associations and public institutions, service providers, a whole lot and finally of shit, basically. Um, yeah, they're doing a whole lot of shit. But, but it's a whole lot of shit about to games. Cut all Ooh. of that out. And while the big reveal is going to be Nvidia, we are which mm -hmm. we touched on a little bit last week as well, uh, when they announced it, but now they showcased it. And so you know, we'll, we'll, we can more, more details. details and so we're gonna touch on those deets but before that let's first get on to the fact that PUBG will be getting a Xbox One X release uh, if you've ever seen the graphics on finally finally Fuck. finally <laughs> I, I, I don't know what Bluehold is doing but you have one game you literally have one game you have one job <laughs> make that game mm -hmm. popular but whatever the whatever the case um the Xbox launch was not particularly successful. It's just glitchy as fuck, and the tweets about it are funny as exactly. hell. Exactly. You see yeah. that? <laughs> Those tweets this is, are pretty this funny. This is over at the BBC, by the way. But um, anyway, I also was able to see a little bit of uh, more, I guess, screenshots. There was just screenshots of Cyberpunk 2077, which uh, we're very excited for. CD Projekt Red, which is the studio behind the Witcher series of games. And Beautiful. We're part of uh, the 
PLG book review, if you do not recall, Bless One Pixels. <laughs> they have an extremely interesting story. We're going to try to get them on the show one day. But anyway, my favorite part now, there's, if you, if you recall, uh, during E3, we were talking about what our most anticipated games were going to be. And for the PlayStation, I mentioned Ghost of Tsushima. And the reason I mentioned it was that there has been a dearth and speaking of our prior conversation about finding said dictionary now in the dictionary find the word the source and then go by at the source and find out what dearth means of samurai games uh, <laughs> of samurai games terrible. and ninja games that uh, have been on new generation consoles and it was pretty cool they used to be like ninja gaiden shinobi and uh, you know a few of the like and so now with ghost of Dreaming coming out i demanded more games of that nature come out. Lo and behold, I was rewarded and someone owes me a cut of profits uh, or this is a coincidence. I'll take my explanation. <laughs> anyway, uh, the game is titled Sirico Shadows Die Twice and it's based in 16th century Japan and the story follows uh, a ninja taking revenge on a clan that cut off his arm. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to buy it. The release date is apparently 22nd of March next year. So it's going to be coming out pretty soon. It's pretty interesting to me that some games are announced like years and years in advance and then are slowly leaked out. But a game like this that might end up being really popular sort of just poof appears on the map. And it's like maybe we're just not in the know enough, which just kidding. That's a joke, obviously, because this show is the no. <laughs> anyway, uh, apparently Shenmue is really popular, too. That's this is a different point, but I don't know. That came out. That was revealed. Uh, I, I know that. I don't know. But Anno 1800 looks really interesting, which was a strategy series that lets players chart their own industrial revolution. I'm a big fan of those sort of uh, industrial simulators rather than the sort of... Sim City, like yeah, Sims, Sim, Sim, Sim City, City and shit. Yeah. I'm like, I don't get it, but yeah. give me a roller coaster tycoon, give me transportation tycoon. I'm, I'm making, I'm making a run. But mm-hmm. those are games. Uh, anything uh, else that you, you might have been excited for, uh, or that I touched Dude. on that I did not give you an opportunity to mention? I mean, you kind of touched on everything. The highlights for the games are great. Okay, PUBG, fucking finally, Cyberpunk. It's going to be beautiful. CD Projekt has been known to put out quality games. They put love and affection into their games. This game is definitely going to showcase those attributes, and I have no doubt it's going to be a fucking smashing hit. Hunt for Samurai that you love. Okay, Soriko. It's created... It's from creator of Dark Souls and Bloodborne, Hidetaka Miyazaki. Okay, and... What's funny is that there actually is a trailer out for this game. It came out, they showcased some of it at E3, right? There is some of it, and we might have mentioned it, and I can't remember, but I do remember seeing trailers. When you mentioned the robotic arm, it all clicked in my head, and I was like, oh my god, we saw the trailer for this shit, and we saw the gameplay. This dude can grapple with his arm and can, like, pull characters forward or pull himself onto... Um, I do not remember I talking guess about say, this game. I remember talking yeah, about man. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, it goes to Tsushima, right. That was the beautiful fucking... You're at the cherry blossom scene, and you see all those things fall oh, down, and people fight. But, like, yeah. This is the guy who can grapple onto enemies, and it reminds me... It's just... It's Dark Souls that's rebranded. 
but it's going to be dope as shit because Dark Souls is awesome. Yeah. So I remember that. Shemu, I don't care about. No eighteen hundred, also cool. I don't play SimCity though, so I don't really care. And then uh, the biggest thing though, dude, the biggest thing that we have to talk about is the Nvidia reveals. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely a showcase, and it's the one thing. If you went on any other gaming website, you saw an IGN. They were just streaming Gamescom live when Nvidia was up, and they were doing all this stuff. We touched on Nvidia several weeks ago and also last week just about the hype surrounding them and what what are they going to do next right you have the gtx 1080 what are they going to reveal is it going to be an 1180 there's like rumors rumor mills well they finally revealed that they're coming out with a new card and it's going to be called the rtx okay it's actually going to be called the turing rtx and it's the 2080 and also rtx 2080 ti these cards although they have no benchmarks right now which is the only bad side to them i'd say they're showcasing so much hardware into these things that it's bumping the next generation forward. In fact, like there's this terminology in, in I guess the uh, the hardware team, the hardware side of things, where ray tracing is something that everyone needs to do and everyone needs to understand. And ray tracing is a capability that only film studios currently have with their uh, computers and their high-end processing that they can do means you can follow a projected point of light from its source through other mediums and then see where it's going to be mapped on a character and it's put there and you can see all those refractions meaning if i follow a point of light from a light bulb that goes into a glass of water and then comes back up and hits a wall you can see those in a video game it was hard to try to use that computational power to create that instead what they did was they read things on the side and just projected something at the end instead of following the particle from beginning to end to create more realistic graphics that's something that this card apparently is dedicated to do there's new technology quote-unquote from ceo that ceo jensen kuang has said and he says himself this this card is the single greatest leap that we have ever made in one generation that's a bold statement that's a really fucking bold statement especially when you have gtx 1080s that can now run you know 4k graphics at 100 hertz right with g-sync that that's insane if you're moving past this the biggest question i have is like how does the console world keep up and that's really where I, I thought about this. Like, I'm super excited for this. The cards are coming out. It's going to be 800 bucks for the uh, RTX 2080, and it's going to be 1200 bucks for the RTX 2080 Ti, which are the founder editions. I look at it. It's always the first generation. I look it's at crazy. it pretty simply. Yep. So, one, I use NVIDIA GeForce already, and part of me always wondered, and, and we had covered this with, I believe, the COO of EA or someone had mentioned uh, how they they believed uh, streaming was not going to be the near-term future because of the potential um, limitations. limitations, technologically speaking. And using NVIDIA GeForce, I, I never really particularly felt those. And to see now this technology unveiled, it just makes me think that it is going to make cloud gaming that much infinitely better and easier mm -hmm. for Microsoft. I think you're going to see them try to either partner with or buy Nvidia because that that's their move. You think that's the case? Because think about think it, right? That's what they're going to do. They bought GitHub, you know, and if they're looking for an acquisition, 
you know, they went. They're buying all these game studios. They probably want more. Why would you not go for the GPUs if you're specifically going into cloud gaming? You know, Microsoft. You know, the 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 reason I mentioned Satya Nadella, who is the CEO of Microsoft currently. You know, what division he came from? Cloud. So you know, he's shifting the company a lot away from a focus on windows and trying to create this cloud infrastructure and i feel like if you really see this level of gpu improvement you are either going to see nvidia sort of jump into the gaming market as a potential alternative console because why wouldn't you use the shield or the geforce instead of right buying a high-end pc per se or they're going to get they're going to get bought i can't help but feel like they're going to get bought by microsoft for a lot of money I really hope not, because then Microsoft's going to put his patent on things. You know, even Blood, Sweat, and Pixels are bringing that back. We heard about yeah, studios I, getting bought by Microsoft I, I, and just like ruining the but game. But that was before. Uh, that, that was a Steve Ballmer, like Bill Gates days. Like, if they're not going to ruin GitHub, like I'm going to hold out and pray they don't. But I just, I've gotten tired of not having any sort of real innovation in the field whatsoever. And if in in, in in terms of what's what aspect, like yeah. if they get the GPUs, like they would be able to potentially down the line move that into their their phone technologies too. Microsoft was trying to get into the phone game. Like I would prefer some. I would prefer a Microsoft phone, a Google phone. Like I don't know. I need someone. I need something new. And this graphics. <laughs> I need something new. The new new I need new new for phones. It, it just opens up a whole lot of different technologies. I agree. I do think that Microsoft has, you know, they know how to make servers. They know how to make infrastructure. They have all these, they are a software company, but they obviously have to have the hardware to back up the software that they're making. And I I do think that they can have that. Yes, GPUs are different. NVIDIA specifically is pushing the boundaries. I mean, you also have, um, it's not just NVIDIA and the GTX brand. It's the, uh, yeah, help me out. What's the other word? What's the other brand? AMD. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AMD. AMD's gonna come out with something, I think, in the next couple months. It's gonna be their next release, and they're gonna be along the lines of this. It's just like the two competitors are always side by side. Discord and Twitch. The same same idea in my head. Fair point. I hope they don't get bought. This shit was insane. Do you watch the trailer for Battlefield 5 that they used, that they ran on the the fucking turn? Oh my god. Just, you could see the water, and then you could see the plane flying overhead with the reflection in the water, but it looks so realistic. Bro, I'm just thinking, uh, this is the start of They they, they, they used the example of the fact that they use this high level of rendering in film because you're using a still method but when you're trying to apply that same set of graphics to a game you have to yeah it's a real real time time. it's impossible and apparently these specs all are real-time rendering as well which Mm -hmm. was pretty wild i'm I'm, i need to i it's wild it's good because 4k wasn't real you're doing cloud gaming oh oh man you're doing cloud gaming which is crazy imagine having that shit in your computer and bring it just full circle back to streaming we're going to make that a a plg series solo build his first computer yeah building a computer let's go i would 100% do that start sending me examples of parts yo we're doing it we're doing it. So we'll build this first computer. PC part picker. Let's. Do, I'm down with that. I like that. New segment created. Write that idea yeah. down. Solo creates this new computer. All right. I was just going to say, bring it full circle. You brought up a good point. This is going to change the streaming game. Um, 
but it's going to change the streaming game for users. So right now, if you don't know, streamers have, usually have a dedicated streaming console because there's too much graphical computation being done to play the game on your screen and then to record what you're playing and then push it out to the internet, okay? One graphics card or two cannot handle that in one CPU. So, all right, sorry, in one computer setup with one CPU. Ninja has two computers, one dedicated to streaming, one dedicated to playing, and then they link the two, okay? This shit is so powerful, you'll be able to do both in one without stressing, over-stressing your CPU, I think, and it just changes the game for streaming. You don't need two I computers. Your, like, who your, has two computers to how, use? How would no the cooldown work? You think you'll need additional... Yeah, I mean, they're going to have some sick cooling methods say, for these gonna things. you're going to need custom... A, a semi-custom yeah, like, uh, cooling Liquid method. cooling. Yeah. Liquid cooling and, like, all that shit. That's that's sort of standard for any high-end gaming platform right now. It's, yeah. It is. It really is. But uh, I don't have that. I have stock cooling, quote-unquote, which would just be a fan. Uh, we will that's because a shitty I don't, computer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Go, go, go fuck MacBook yourself. MacBook Life, go which I'm, I'm over Apple, so... I need a I need a new uh, company to dedicate myself to. Dude, solo builds on computer, builds on but computer. come on, you come on, Gamescom. listeners, come, come on, on, listeners, lead me to the promised land of PC gaming. So, I like anyway, it. Um, I guess that's all we got for you for this episode day, August twenty second. This month went by fast. Mm-hmm. It yeah. did. It did. It's also because we took a couple breaks, but yo, appreciate everyone keeping up with us, following us through the breaks, following us across platforms, and uh, please hit us up. Let us know what you feel about the show. Leave some love. Leave some reviews. Contact us again. We want to talk to the people who like games. I guess you'd say. You're. You're. And uh, we like to call this episode. Uh, what's the best way to describe this episode? That's fucking outstanding. Anyway, that's all we got for you. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen, or good afternoon, or good morning. Whatever time you're listening. (laughs) Enjoy the next week, and hopefully I'll see you next week. Or you'll just...